This is Tarot for the Wild Soul, a bi-weekly tarot podcast about life, death, and rebirth, hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. Hey, Wild Souls, it's Linz. Happy July. I'm so um, ever honored and ever excited to be connecting with you for this monthly medicine. Um, it's really powerful this month. Uh, so I guess buckle up. (laughs) Um, I want to thank all of you for the sweetness and supportive words about me taking a break. Um, nothing is wrong. It just really is, uh, I think a pretty important time to take space and leave a little room for quiet and for new things to come in. And that has most certainly been happening. Um, I'm really excited to announce some of the things that have been cooking up and some of the little shifts that this podcast is going to go through, I think, for the better. It's always changing, so I guess just know that that'll keep happening. (laughs) It would be nice if this, uh, the current, if the upcoming changes will last a little bit (laughs) longer than a few months at a time, but this is the way it is. Spirit changes a lot. There's very few things that are constant when you're working with spirit, both fortunately and unfortunately. So I look forward to sharing more of that when I'm back from break in September. But for right now, I get to serve you and connect with you all through this monthly medicine. And I'm really grateful to be here with all of you. There's literally so much to talk about this month that I have a hard time knowing where to begin. Um, I guess we should just begin at the beginning, which is to say that we're in cancer season. We have made it out of Gemini season. That was, um, there are no words for what this Gemini season brought forward. Um, the kind of things that it stirred up in many of us. Um, it's not to say that it was a bad time, but for those who are energetically sensitive, intuitives, those are who are here to help. Um, it was a pretty record breaking month. Um, I mean, whose record, uh, facetiously record breaking, but, uh, a pretty unbelievable month. Uh, I don't remember one like it for brain chemistry, Uh, body activation stuff, just really kind of off the charts. Um, And although cancer season does present its own invitations into intensity, um, it has at least to me felt slightly different and a little bit less intensely pressured um, than Gemini season did. Um, It was a lot. So um, I really want to honor everyone listening to this. If you had a hard time in Gemini season, um, you're definitely not alone. Um, And uh, if you're having a tough time still, please know that it will get better. These times are just very, very extreme. They're very, very intense. Um, They're really, there are both spiritual energetic components to that and actual components to that. Like we're living in a time when, um, the level of, um, oppression and equity and justice, um, the level of horrors and suffering, um, 
the level of grief that we're all feeling about the changes that are happening to our climate, to our seasons, to our planet are very real. They're not imagined. And I think sometimes when we, there's this very natural tendency to want to separate um, spirituality from like real world stuff. And it it's one of the most harmful things that we could do because to separate we can hold a space that there is a divine working and that there is an earthly working and sometimes they're different. And a lot of the time, most of the time, we need to have the earthly in order to have a better understanding of the unearthly, of the super earthly. So everybody's having a hard time right now. This is not something that we also need to feel that we have to escape it doesn't mean that we have to be immersed um, in really horrific news or news all the time. It doesn't mean that we need to be constantly scrolling on Instagram. You have permission to take space. Taking space is a right. It is um, something that a lot of folks would deem a privilege, and I do think that's true. But we also cannot um, cannot lose sight of the fact that it is very, very addictive for the brain to want to be immersed in horrible shit because it proves a lot of stuff to the brain. Usually that life is chaotic. Things don't make sense. Things are chaotic. And right now things, a lot of things don't make sense. Um, but this is where we balance. This is where we can find the balance. If we're unable to find the balance and all we see is horror, that's a moment to reconnect with the birthright to remember what's actually true. And what's actually true is that for most of us, not all of us, we are in this moment safe. Some of us breathing. Some of us have access to food. Some of us don't. Um, We're all working with our own level of okayness or not okayness. And a lot of the time connecting with the collective can either, um, sometimes it can be very expansive and powerful from the, with the collective suffering rather. And then other times it can be inappropriate. If we are currently going through an extremely difficult time, if the nervous system is so activated, I want to remind everybody, like you have permission to take space from whatever you need without, without any explanation and without apology. It doesn't need to be something that other people have to be doing for you to do it. These are times our planet has never, ever, ever seen before. The level of... Um, collective trauma, grief, and pain across the board, even among those who are very privileged, way privileged. The suffering is not experienced equally, but the invitations are universal. Everyone is being called to wake up, even if they can't name it, even if they don't know why. So, you know, I usually use the term be gentle with yourself. I think that that's important, but I also think that I mean, who am I? I'm a host of a podcast. It's not really, I'm definitely not someone who's like the end all be all. Um, But I will say, I think that most of us are redefining what gentle even is because we've really been taught that muscling through, pushing through, undoing, um, that's been kind of the way. That's kind of how we got here 
is by muscling and pushing. And sometimes that's appropriate and other times it isn't. Um, and even in my conversation with you right now, there's an either or, and really there's a both and here. So I encourage you to connect to this both and. You can be um, interested, concerned, and value that your nervous system might need a moment. You can be um, very balanced in your nervous system and still need a moment for a completely individual reason. Um, So it really just depends really we're moving out of a time of comparison. That's a really big thing that's happening right now too. Um, a lot of us have been looking to each other for, you know, what to do, what not to do, what do you do? What should I do? Um, and it's really, uh, I think 2019 more than anything is about like my body needs this. So that's what it is. And, um, I think that it's a daily practice to begin to see, you know, is this the brain trying to isolate me, trying to keep me out of my, my head in the sand, or is this kind of a wise response? Um, and learning to balance both is really important. So all that to say, (laughs) uh, these times are no joke. So if you're feeling everything and anything, if you're mental illness or your experience with brain chemistry has been at a peak, if you've been experiencing behavior from people that feels really erratic or violent or blaming or, I mean, it's unacceptable and um, it's also happening more because other people are getting activated and are blaming or naming or whatever. Um, I'm not in any way you know, of course, excusing it, but it, it is happening and you're not crazy. So that's where I want to kind of begin that if you're feeling really, really activated right now, um, you're not crazy because that doesn't exist really. Um, probably you're just an alive person. Um, and if you're feeling great, Again, I'll say what I said in the last monthly medicine, you are a unicorn and deserve to be treasured, but you might not want to tell, um, you may not find a lot of like folks feeling great right now. And if that's the case, I want to leave a space for you too, that it's great that you feel great. Um, and I'm happy that you do, but for the rest of us, it's not strange that you don't, um, Gemini season, although it's over, I think it's important to talk about briefly, um, because there is so much mercury right now, um, because there was in Gemini season, you know, mercury rules the breath, the lungs, the nervous system, it rules, um, the hands. So if that energy gets trapped and if it doesn't have anywhere to go, um, it turns in on itself and can become, um, uh, asthma breathing issues. It can become the feeling like we can't get enough breath. Um, I can also feel like breathing. It's hard to calm our breath, um, quicker breath, um, uh, bronchitis issues like that. It can turn into big time manifestations in the nervous system, everything from, you know, exhaustion, whatever. Um, but 
Gemini season was really, the mercury was turned up so high that many of us felt the sense of relaxation, but couldn't relax. Um, so I just want to speak to that, that cancer, this is not necessarily a universal experience. I want to really hold a space for those of us who just simply do not feel relief because I don't want to isolate anyone and be like, Oh my God, everyone feels relief because not everyone might. Um, but with cancer season, the, the energy has shifted a little bit from mercury to moon. So there is something different. We're working with a different energy and the moon is, um, comes with its own stuff too. (laughs) Um, But really, I want everyone to think about this idea that we're transitioning from kind of um, this really intense, hot mercury energy to this lunar energy and kind of whatever that means to you. Um, For me, I'm pretty dominant in, in mercury in my chart. And so Gemini season was particularly hard for me, although I didn't know, I didn't talk to a lot of people who it wasn't hard for, but with this, you know, tuning in with the idea of phases always changing and especially like, this is not some fucking hot statement. It's not a hot take what I'm about to say. Everyone says this, but really if you can be in water, that's kind of a cancer trope, but it's a good one for a reason. It's just helping us to ground and to let go a little bit of what has been building up. So cancer season is really an undoing and a redoing. And it's kind of like we're getting opened and all the wiring is getting shifted. Like we're getting like rebooted and upgraded. And that's a little bit of what this time is going to feel like. And the best thing that we can really do for ourselves and each other during this cancer season, and especially during the month of July, because of course we will be in Leo in a portion of July, um, is to really let do what wants to happen. And I don't mean like if someone wants to like trip you and make you like slip on a banana peel, you do that. What I'm talking about is the fact that there are some months and sometimes of the year to take the energy in your hand, weave it, do something with it, work with it. This month, I advise you to not. You may want to work with shit, create shit, start shit, in your life, that's not what I'm talking about. I would not say that July is not a time to do that because you can do whatever you want. What I would say is that the moon cycles, let the water wash over you rather than trying to take a wave and bend it to your will. This is sort of what we're learning in this time. This is also what it is to be in eclipse season because we are moving into eclipse season. And before I move into that, I want to start with talking about the channeled phrase for the month of July, which is rooting down, rising up. So this um, covers a lot of bases, but really July, like to say that it is a transformative month is a really gross understatement. To say that transformative is enough of a word to describe the month ahead is really lowballing it. Um, 
this is a month that is really a portal. Eclipses are a portal. They're kind of uh, an accelerated energetic time. So the fact that whenever we're in eclipse season, so to speak, we're in that twice a year, we really kind of want to lay back. Again, this doesn't mean in the earthly sense we're, we're balancing this, right? We can exist, go to our jobs, connect with our children, take care of ourselves, go on vacation, go away. You know, whatever you're doing in the month of July is perfect earthly wise. But what we want to do is leave a little space for the waves to wash over on us. And we can think of of being near the water and the ocean isn't a triggering image for you. You can think about yourself lying on the sand and just having these beautiful waves like kind of tip up to the top of your neck and like roll back into the ocean, never flowing into your nose, just gently rising up on the body and moving back out. That's kind of what I mean by letting be. It doesn't mean that we don't exist. It just means that a part of us energetically is laying back and letting those waves come up and down and up and down. And this is part of the rerouting process that's happening this month. Um, July really does offer us energetic opportunities and invitations that will initiate really massive paradigm shifts. And we're going to be feeling these shifts really for generations to come. It's a, it's a very, very big month, both on the planet and in ourselves. And it's nothing to be frightened of. It's just very big. We're living in times where the invitations are very high. And um, it doesn't mean that we have to do anything about it. It means that we get to look at where these invitations align with us in our lives right now. Again, some of us may be supported in July to do literally nothing, and that might be really hard to do. Doing nothing is kind of hard to do, especially if we define ourselves through work or movement or whatever. And for some of us, July might be the most successful, busy time of our entire lives, and that is a part of letting do to you. What comes to your door, you know, before pausing and considering, I encourage you to let it in. If no work comes to the door, that's great. If an opportunity to go away comes to the door, that's great. Watch, watch. The only thing we have to watch for is if we start shooting ourselves. And that might be tricky because the brain can really invite us into story about like, well, I have to do this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Aside from very few things, we don't actually have to do anything. We are allowed to pause, to wait, to reconsider. We're allowed to check in with the body. We're allowed to take a day. We're allowed to take a week. So it's really about considering what it is that we're doing and when we're doing it. Timing is very, very important. Um, this month is really one to be present for. And that sounds kind of weird to say because no month is not worthy of being present for, but this month really, it brings a lot. Um, and it's sort of July, we can consider it as kind of a recalibration. That's a little bit what I meant about kind of being like opened up, I guess, like a robot <laughs> and being rewired, you know, um, another perhaps more elegant way to put it is if we want to gently repot a plant, or if we want to lift a plant up from the roots without breaking it and move it to another part of our garden. Um, that's a little bit what's happening to us. 
And I know I keep repeating myself, but I repeat A, because I'm told to guides and B, because the brain is tricky and it's important to really get in there. We're really, really used to because of kind of surface level spirituality, like um, manifestation thinking, like we have to do everything. Um, And this is actually part of what this is. This is a much bigger topic for another day, but we're kind of all evolving past that idea. It's not to say that we don't have free will here. We do. It's not to say that we should not be active in our lives and kind of doing and creating not saying that at all, all for that, obviously. But there are moments to take our hands off the controls and um, so that we can really see how our vehicle writes itself without us needing to have to be on it every moment. So this is part of the recalibration that's happening, especially peaking in the month of July. Um, and we are being supported by these eclipses. We are also being supported by a very potent Mercury retrograde in Leo. And we are rooting down in order to rise up. And very quickly, sort of what that means, that's a pretty evocative phrase that came through, I think. Um, not because I said it, but because I think it exists and um, as something that has touched other people too, um, this idea of rooting and rising. Um, the thing with roots is this, most of us, and I feel super comfortable using this word, most of us are walking around with almost no connection to our roots. A lot of us have trauma. That's a root. Um, that is a root thing. Trauma. Um, most of us have survival stuff. Some of us, um, connected to racial trauma, um, oppression, land trauma. There are so many reasons why many of us don't have connection to our roots. Those of us who are white, who are living in the United States as descendants of colonizers, also have no roots. We have been separated from our roots. Many of us cannot go back to the countries that we were born from, that our blood comes from. That's a trauma too. Those who've been taken from their countries, who don't even know necessarily where they're from, massive trauma, trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma. Some of us, because we have no root, have attached to the roots of others, whether, um, you know, and very often this doesn't happen consciously and it doesn't happen as a consciously, consciously malicious action. It's just because we're walking around with no root and we have no idea that we're walking around with no root. So when I say rooting down, this is not, um, This is not some idea, some fly-by-night spiritual platitude. This is actually inviting everyone, not through me, but just through the invitation of the month. This is actually inviting you to think about without guilt, without story, without the need to let the brain be involved with this at all, it gets to be in the back seat. What is your story with your root? Do you feel that it has been stolen from you? Do you feel that you have been robbed of your root? Do you recognize ways that you have wanted to feel that rootedness by locking onto another root system? 
you know, there's a lot of things to think about here. What we're essentially doing by calling in the invitation to root down is to actually, we cannot root down if we have no connection to the root. So some of us are actually growing that root. We're regrowing it. And the only thing that can do that really is attention. Because in order to actually root down, to reconnect, to reroot, we have to identify our personal relationship to the root. Do we have to detach from other root systems? Do we need to um, grieve? You know, maybe some of us will probably be grieving for the rest of our lives about being disconnected from a certain sense of rootedness. And for some of us, the invitation to root is right here and we're looking everywhere but that. Only you can really know that. And I encourage you, you know, we're talking about a month. I encourage you to take the month. If you don't have an answer, like if you're like, I don't know, I have no idea. That's cool. Like, again, the brain has no place in this. The soul knows that this is an infinite ride that we're on. If you don't get it in this one, you're definitely going to get it in the next life or the next one or the next one. There's pretty much infinite opportunities to figure out your rootedness. <laughs> but we are being really supported in doing this work. And I'm not even really talking about ancestor work, although that might ping for a couple people. I'm talking about the wordless root. As I speak of it, I know that it's lighting up for folks. You will know what I mean when I say this. And I'm not talking about chakras, although that might ping for a couple of other people. I'm talking about, again, the wordless, nameless root, the connection to something, to our ground, whether that be actual land or not, the connection to the universal land that is really here to hold us. And it doesn't require anything from you. You don't need money. You don't need to be in a specific place. You don't need anything to do this. Just your attention is enough. Most of us have been trying to rise, expand, go places, get what we want without actually being rooted. So in July, we're actually going right back to square one in order to move higher and farther than we've ever gone before. And if we're going to look at tree energy to move out, not necessarily get high, but to move out without crowding anybody, without looking at things. Because what can also happen too is that um, we can have a structure energetically that's very high and very wide, but not with a lot of roots. What winds up happening is that we're always tipping over. And so there's space that we may be taking up um, even inappropriately for some of us. That's very real, you know? Um, and we may want to think about that. Not necessarily inappropriate, but we may want to bring more thoughts, you know, to um, is there more of me that I can reclaim for me so that it doesn't get vented out in ways that others have to hold? You know, it's just a way of thinking. Why is this important? Because basically what we're talking about is part of the reason. It's part of the reason that the planet is in the state that it's in, in all ways. It's part of the reason why interpersonally the collective and this, the people on the planet are going through all of the hashing out that they're going through. That's why there's so much decisiveness. Um, so many folks really believing certain things, so many folks really believing others, so many folks waking up, so many folks screaming at others to wake up. Um, it really is about 
re-rooting because again, most of us have no connection to the root. Even to think about it feels really intense for some of us, but July is a really transformative month and I would not be doing my job if I was not (laughs) inviting people to connect back to the root. Um, So that's one thing. Um, This is actually... um, very crucial work, not only for our continued evolution, but to the survival of the planet and all its living beings. It starts with us. There's very little that we can do um, as a collective if we're not doing the individual work. And a lot of us are doing a lot of looking out for what we can do. And this is about looking in, not to put our head in the sand and not pay attention to what's going on out there, but to balance and and. A, a both and here to be much more intentional about how we come home to ourselves and to allow that exchange after we've done our work to pour out, we are going to engage with the world differently. A lot of us after July will be doing different things. It's not that the external structure will change, but what we're going to say will change. What we're going to offer will change. We, it can't not do that if we're confronting our root system. Because if we have to uproot our plant, our inner self, and replant it somewhere, there's going to be a transition time. There'll be a totally different relationship with whatever, with soil, et cetera, you know, with our location, with what we want to do, with our words. And You know, if we do want to think about the root as being the base of the body, we can think about like if the root is planted, it affects all the glands that go up to the brain. Sorry, I hit the hit the mic there. Um, It affects everything, you know, everything, everything. So we're really going down in order to come all the way up. And we've really been moving in the opposite. It's all been head first. I want to go, I want to do, I want to teach this thing before I've even lived this thing. I want to um, get really far in this way before actually doing the work. Um, And July, um, it's hard to, truly, it's hard to even like put July into words. It's very powerful. Um, But it really is a chance to accelerate this work, um, which isn't to say we'll be done with this work in August, but the seeds will be planted in a way that they'll grow for lifetimes. So this is really our opportunity. Um, It kind of is the opportunity of a lifetime. When we disengage from root systems that are not ours, that is when actual amends can start to be made. We can start to be an active force for um, ending inappropriative or up or inappropriate or even appropriative practices and, um, borrowing and, um, leaning in energetically when that energy could be coming back to us. Um, this is not by the way, an invitation into guilt or an accusation. This is everybody. Everybody has their roots mixed up with other people. This is not an accusation and not saying like everyone's bad. This is fucking everybody. Everybody has their roots mixed up with other folks. So it's just thinking about how are yours mixed up? What, in what way could you reclaim? What would that mean for you to reclaim? Do you trust that you would have enough if you did not 
connect to someone else's roots. If you are someone who really identifies yourself as being someone whose roots are consistently being grabbed on, what would it mean to you to have free roots? That's kind of what we're talking about here. So if we're in our own space, in our own root system, the rising is going to be completely different and it will be I can't say equal for all because I know and understand that there are systemic issues that present um, issues from that happening. Energetically speaking, though, it will start to be that there is room for everyone because there already is, but it doesn't feel that way because we're all kind of not in our own root or we have other people in our roots, you know, whatever it is. So, If that makes sense, and hopefully it does, that's a part of what July is doing, um, reclaiming our inner space, our true root connection in order to expand the way we never have before. And to do this, we're going to be invited in July to look at the way we support ourselves and to our relationship with balance and equilibrium. And this is across the board from your literal balance and equilibrium to the way that your body is taken care of, the brain, um, the exchange between your loved ones and your friends. There is a much, there's a smoothing out that's happening here, um, in the month. And we really get to be, um, taking greater care with those things. Um, and our connection with our deeper purpose. Cause if we're not in our root, even if we're like out in the world doing all of our purpose, if we're not a hundred percent in our root, there's still more to claim. There's still more to discover about what it is that we're doing here. And that's true for everybody. Otherwise, we'd be dead. But it is really, really important to begin to think about how it is that we engage with these ideas and how it is that we um, work on our relationship with our roots and with ourselves and um, how we connect to this idea of support and equilibrium balance and equilibrium. And, um, I also want to say that, um, I want to speak really, really briefly before I get into our cards about, um, eclipse season, just a moment longer, cause I've already spoken about it a bit, but also about this mercury retrograde in Leo. <clears throat> so we have two, uh, eclipse moons. We have a new moon solar eclipse in cancer on July 2nd just a few days from now. And we have a full moon lunar eclipse in Capricorn. So Cancer and Capricorn working in those moons with the chariot and the devil, both pretty strong moons that have to do with, pretty strong cards rather, that have to do with um, egoic structuring. It's perfect. Actually, again, like the, the month of July is so fucking powerful, set up for just, because ultimately, you know, for all this, for everything that we're saying, what we're going for in July, like the ultimate opportunity here is freedom. Freedom from outdated shit that's not serving us so that we can actually be on the planet doing what we came here to do, which if you haven't noticed is pretty needed given the way that the planet is going. So the time has come more than ever to think about these things. And that is everyone's job, regardless of where we are, where we happen to find ourselves. Everyone does their own work. So the idea that we would be moving through the chariot, moving through a cancer moon in cancer season, our solar eclipse, the releasing of light, 
the blocking of the sun and the turning inward around that. Cancer and the crab and the chariot have to do with the outer protections that we have. What is the shell that we carry? This is not a bad thing. The crab needs the shell in order to eat its food, grasp things. The shell is very important for moving through the world, as is the chariot for the charioteer. But there does come a moment where the crab, where the chariot, um, where the charioteer rather, has to consider, does this crab shell, does this chariot, is it going to take me as far as I could go without it? Now, in the case of the crab, without the crab shell, obviously, we don't have much. We have, you know, an animal without a shell. But if we're thinking about the concept of crab shell as human beings, what is our equivalent of that in a way that would not kill us to have it removed? What that would really do is it would yield a softer, sweeter, more vulnerable, truer energy of who we are. We also have to remember that to move through this means that a lot in this moon is going to get illuminated about what doesn't work anymore, what structures, what modalities. I know that this has been a very important thing for most of us. Um, I know for myself, um, really in deep um, thoughts about the kind of systems that I'm involved with, my relationship to Instagram, my relationship to this podcast, to my newsletter, you know, like what, what is working, what is not working, what is helping me to have a happy life, what is not. And really, I love this podcast. It's not going anywhere, but I, I always think about that, you know, really why do it? what is the most helpful thing that this podcast could be? What would be most helpful for my relationship with myself? You know, all that stuff. So it's really about considering all of that. Um, and this cancer solar eclipse rather, um, in cancer, um, on the new moon is an opportunity to initiate a new cycle and to, pay attention because again, we're not always going to necessarily want to do magic on eclipse moons. Although some people do. And like, if you do go for it, cause nobody knows better than you about what works for you. But I encourage you to come back to that idea of kind of the waves lapping up and going out, lapping up and going out because it's being done to us really just see what falls away know that every time that gentle wave comes up and goes out, it takes away a little bit more that we don't have to hold. The full moon lunar eclipse in Capricorn on the 16th of July um, is the beginning, um, also a shedding and a harvesting of something very old. And again, we're dealing with, you know, the chariot is very connected to ego because the chariot is really fancy. It's really cute. Like usually looks really good. It's really usually pretty shiny. But if we look really closely at the chariot on a lot of tarot cards, um, it actually will not get you very far. So we have to leave it in order to go to line two and realize what the relationship we actually want to build is with something that aids us through the world. Um, so when we think about this idea it's a lot of ego work because we're letting go of something that the ego thinks is really shiny and sweet. 
with Capricorn being connected to the devil, there's a really, really big piece of Capricorn that has to do with clearing out some very old brain chemistry things so that we feel freer, more liberated. And harvesting, which we do on the full moons, really getting clear, having full illumination of what is going on and seeing, being able to see kind of both sides of the moon in terms of lit and not lit. It's really, really powerful, again, to think about what is getting illuminated to you both in the underside and the overworld around how your brain weaves stories for you? What's true for you? What's not true for you? Do you know? Do you not know? Mercury retrograde is one of the more important transits we go through. There's a reason that we go through it a couple times a year is because it offers us the opportunity to, you know, as they say, review, to recalibrate. Um, recalibration is a big theme for the month of July. It offers us the chance. I often use the um, symbolism of kind of a bow and arrow. We're stretching the arrow back on the bow. That's really, really important too. Um, but this whole idea of it being in Leo. When Mercury retrograde moves through fire, um, it's wise to, I am not, um, fire and brimstone about mercury retrograde. I actually love mercury retrograde. Um, I don't think it's like a great time, but I really, really appreciate the function of it. And I think it's really important for everyone to move through. But what sometimes happens when mercury retrograde happens in a fire sign is that it, it can be uncomfortable because it can feel like a lot of heat getting built up. So I just want to, again, bring you back to the idea of water and pausing because I think it's very important in Mercury retrogrades and especially in Aries, but I think in Leo too, to just kind of pause, especially when it comes to heart-centered things. Um, this doesn't mean that you shouldn't go forward. If you meet someone great, it could actually be a moment where you do meet someone great because you're getting the chance to go through the full cycle of review around, um, as Leo rules, rules the heart. Um, it could be a chance to actually go a little deeper with why maybe things haven't worked out with other folks, whatever, but it can be very powerful to move through a Mercury retrograde. And it's kind of like divine encouraging us to be quieter. doesn't mean we can't speak, but it also means that we can reclaim this sense of listening, um, especially to inside. Again, this is a root time. The throat chakra is all the way up at the top of the body. And so it's not that I'm, you know, encouraging anyone not to talk, not at all, but it can be a time where if your way of being is to kind of um, speak on things, talk on things, it might be important to let be and to listen and to wait to see what wants to come through after a little bit of holding something um, and really just pay attention to where you're being invited. And it's going to be really, really beautiful. And it, you know, it's very interesting because 
I really do mean it when I say July is kind of a sealed portal because we move into the new moon solar eclipse in Cancer on the 2nd of July, only the second day in July. And on the very last day of the month, not only do we have a new moon in Leo, so there's a new moon, new moon portal that ends beginning of new cycle, beginning of another one, and Mercury goes direct. And then we're moving full steam ahead into Leo season, which is probably going to feel very different from this. Um, so with all that being said, let's move into our cards. So the medicine for the month ahead is the emperor. And uh, this makes total sense. Emperor completely supports everything that's been said. Emperor is ruled by Aries. And it's very important to, I've talked about this a lot on this podcast, but we have to completely remove basically all definitions of emperor that have ever been written <laughs> because they're outdated and they're, um, I think misogynist and patriarchally driven and they literally make no sense to what can actually be helpful in life. Um, emperor is not a man. It's not anything. Um, emperor is the birth of the self. Emperor is about the root work. It's literally the root card period. The emperor is kind of like, we might imagine a mountain, um, a massive redwood, a sequoia, you know, a, a, the majestic bald eagle, you know, these are not masculine or feminine themes. They belong to everyone because gender is a construct. Um, what they are all is rooted. There is a rooting that happens, rooting in self and purpose, um, rooted to the earth that happens in the emperor. Um, Aries is the newborn. It's the infant. Um, the screams of an infant um, when they're born are literally emperor cries. I am here. I'm taking in breath. I have a right to be here. Um, that is unmistakable. <laughs> you know, when a baby is born usually. Um, so there is a power that comes from the root when babies cry and when babies scream and when they're born. And that's kind of the essence of this idea of emperor, not to be like screaming like newborns, but to be reconnecting to this idea of how we take up space. Um, how is it that we engage with space. Um, what is our relationship to our root systems? Are there any areas that we're um, unsure of our roots? If so, can we call upon emperor to heal them? Um, Aries kicks off the zodiacal wheel and emperor kind of kicks off the journey of the self in terms of what it brings to us, um, what it connects us to in terms of our right to be here. So there's something very, very powerful about that. And if that's the medicine, we can return to that again and again and again, rooting down in order to rise up, in order to come forward for help, for support of all living beings for this planet and to express what we came here to express. When someone is truly embodying emperor energy, they are holding space. They are usually taking up sacred space. They're embodying the idea that they have a right to be here. They have a right to unfold, to be present. They have a right to speak. And they have a very light relationship as to if anyone cares what they have to say, that it's okay for someone to disagree. It's okay for other people to shine and take up space equally. 
that's the whole idea that there's enough room here for everyone and everything energetically speaking, you know? So it's very important to think about that idea. Emperor medicine coming through. What we're being invited to pay attention to is magician and seven of wands. Both of them came forward. Okay. Magician ruled by Mercury. We're in a very important Mercury retrograde. The biggest thing that came through about magician is both creation and timing. Timing being the most important of the two, um, according to guides. So what is our relationship to creation? A lot of us, when we create, do have a wonderful relationship to trusting, making the space, but often creativity can feel really hard and burdened, especially if we're forcing something. So we want to undo those knots and go back to um, if we're feeling sick, tired, exhausted, if we keep getting headaches, that's all signals from the body when we're creating to chill the fuck out and come back to this at another time when we feel more supported, more rested, whatever, even if we don't get it. That's really important. You may not always understand the timing of spirit and the timing of the body. They're always working for you, not to you. So if you have a deadline and it's just not working, move your deadline. I'm telling you, consider moving your deadline. If you can, if you're believing that you can't, be willing to ask and see what people say. It's okay, typically, <laughs> to ask for a little bit of assistance and help. And if that triggers you, I encourage you to look at why it does. This is a month where a lot may come out of us. It's also a month where nothing, nothing may come out of us. It might be a time where we're literally in float. We're literally just letting be. Every day is just an opportunity to be real gentle with ourselves, with each other. Um, not even because we're activated, stressed, or whatever, but just because we have the wisdom enough to know that this may be a time you know, really how it manifests for people will have yet to see. I don't really know. Um, but the activation of this time, the potential of it is absolutely enormous. So this may be a hugely productive time for you in terms of creation, bringing things forward. It also may be a very quiet time where you're preparing to do this. So keep thinking, keep checking in. What is your timing? What does it look like? I thoroughly do not believe that Mercury retrograde is not a time to create and do new projects. That's fucking old bullshit. It is a time where if we're not paying attention and if we're rushing, we will get our asses kicked a lot harder in retrograde than not. But for the many of us are born during retrogrades and it's a very smooth time. Some of us are born during retrogrades and it's a harder time. Some of us have no connection to retrogrades at all and it's a hard time or it's an easy time. Every retrograde is different. They're not blanket experiences because we're moving through them in different times of the year, in different, you know, in different sign energies, whatever. So the fact that we have Merc we have the magician here as what to pay attention to is very, very potent. It's letting us know that we're part of rerouting, part of rooting down to rise up is also to think about how we're engaging with working with spirit. What is our relationship to this magician feels and hears a calling? He gets a channel they get a channel because again, magician is not gendered. Um, but the magician gets insight and allows it to come through their being, allows it to come through themselves and channels it 
and is the connecting force between spirit and matter. So as we think about this idea of us being the vessel between spirit and matter, what is your relationship to being that vessel? Do you force things to come through that aren't ready? Um, many of us do that. So again, no, no shame in that. Um, that's a big thing that we unlearn the longer that we're on this path, um, to wait until we're called, um, or to initiate whatever it is. And then for some of us, um, it's like, if there are ideas flowing through, why aren't we letting them come out of us? Like what's, what is it about? Cause we'll be asked to review that. Um, seven of, uh, wands came through as the kind of helper card for what we're being invited to pay attention to around seven of wands, um, is sometimes a very helpful card of like defending, like we're standing up for something we're defending ourselves. I often, it's not even that I think it is how it has always come to me is a card of usually we're being a little hypervigilant about something and we're not sure whether or not we are actually in a rush or we're not, you know? So like, for example, if we're working with magician themes and seven of wands comes up as, well, I better hurry up and do this thing before somebody else steals it. Or I better hurry up and do this thing before people aren't interested in me. Or I better hurry up and do this thing before someone can, um, um, before I forget or I lose steam or whatever, that's all seven of wands hypervigilance. I better do this thing, um, produce this thing, hurry up this thing before X. And that's what we want to be looking at. If we want to have a really clean relationship to our magician, we have to look at what gets buried in the underbrush when we go to create and we trip on some wire. Um, obviously like tripping on wire is a pretty, uh, understandable part of the creative process. Like there's always, um, there's like always challenge. There's always, there's all kinds of different things that come up. That kind of contraction and challenge is very common. But, um, like I know for myself, I'll just speak because my spirit is very present in my life. And, um, not just when I create work, but every single day that if I, uh, try to write or create something before I'm ready, usually a part of my body flares up with pain and that's not spirit making me in pain because it doesn't work like that, but it's, it is a magician response. If if there is something that I'm perceiving up in my channel, again, up versus down or in my root, um, and it's not quite ready, but because of my Ariesness, sometimes I'll be like, Oh my God. And I get excited like a puppy and I'll go do it. Um, that's when like I've broken ankles, feet, my pelvis will flare up, whatever it is. Um, my neck will, I have a neck injury and my neck will, um, get flared up or whatever. And sometimes my neck flares up when it has nothing to do with that. But I have noticed that, um, I have really noticed that that's kind of the response. Um, if we're trying to pull something in before it's ready, the body will go, no, and it will literally inflame. And that's my relationship with it. But for you, it might be a little different. So that's a seven of wands response. And then I always have to go back to square one and be like, 
Did I try to do that because I had my, because I'm uncomfortable with having nothing to do? Did I try to do that because I think someone else is expecting me to, um, because I got excited, you know, whatever. It's never a bad thing, but it is something to think about. So that seven of wands, um, energy is really there as a gift for us to get to identify and explore, you know, what is our relationship to creativity, to channeling, to letting things flow through us, um, being in right relationship, because in order to be in magician, you must have an active head and an active root. You cannot do magician unless you're rooted down. So this is actually a very important part of the month and looking at our relationship to how we channel things, how we show up in the world because magicians rule by Mercury. There's a lot of stuff that happens with magician that is connected to the planet. Um, again, Mercury and Gemini, um, Mercury is nervous system, you know, it's lungs, it's hands. Um, so how, like what comes up through the breath, what we say, what pings our nervous system, what comes out through the hands. It's really about internal to external. And if we're not rooted, there's no way that there can be a full exchange and a full vesseling of that. So all of that to say, that's something that's getting recalibrated, rerooted. There's a lot of work being done on that area. We really want to have that be in a very loving, open place in our hearts and minds. There's just so much opportunity to learn and change and to allow things to, dare I say, be a bit easier in how we relate to them. The lesson of the month is eight of ace, sorry, ace of swords. So aces are wonderful because they're opportunities that are waiting for us that we need only to reach out and take. Ace of swords is a new relationship with the mind. Uh, a lot of the time this card gets limited, even by myself uh, included, to like um, creative, great ideas, new visions. That's not always the case. And it's sort of resting it on external pieces. Ace of Swords is the brain. It's a new relationship with the way we are thinking about something, as is the 10, although that's a whole other can of beans. Ace of Swords is a sacred alchemical connection between our hand and the kiss of literal spirit and the way that it connects in the brain. So, in terms of a lesson, realizing that we can reach out for earthly or divine support, earthly or divine change, inspiration, to be an active co-creative part of a change in the mind that can initiate a new way forward is the lesson of the month. How Ace of Swords is um, helping us to manage that is very, very powerful. And there is a lot in there about, um, there's a lot in there, honestly, that's still connected to the idea of magician, because that's a very similar, um, the sword being present as kind of what is above or in front of us and us reaching for that thing. It's all a very powerful exchange. So we can continue to reach for that. But the lesson is really like you have everything in you to reach for a new way of living through this world. The brain is sort of the manifestation of magician because the brain is a space that we can get infiltrated by forces that are not in our highest and best influences. That's why 
my teacher always says it's why a lot of us have the same thoughts, the same things that come through that are negative, like I'm not enough, I'm not okay. Um, we can say that that's sort of a shared consciousness or we can say that it's sort of like influences, just the same as we would be influenced by guides. It's just really what we're available for. Um, and really in July, there's a very big opportunity to change the way we um, have a relationship with the mind how the mind is either going to get on board and support the soul or it's not. And either way, there's kind of a tipping point this month, which is really important. So Ace of Swords is also about that. It's about um, conceptuals, seeds, about kind of going back to, again, the root and seeing our relationship to all of this. Um, this is really interesting and such a nice opportunity for me to talk about how we can release technically quote unquote good cards and have it be a good thing. As I'm always getting asked that, um, what we're releasing this month is queen of pentacles. And when I tuned in and I said, can you please tell me why or a little bit more, I got the world, which helped me to understand it. So here's the deal. When we release cards, Sometimes it's that we're complete with them. We're in a cycle or a lesson or a relationship with a certain card and we are complete with it. We've learned the lessons, we've absorbed it, and now we're free to kind of shed the shell. It's very much like um, an egg, like a bird hatching out of an egg. We are made what we are from the egg. Um, our placenta is a wonderful other example. We receive everything we can from our first home and then we say goodbye um, and either have a relationship or don't have a relationship with the placenta from here on out or or we are in a position where we no longer need to engage with the card at all but most of the time we want to think of that kind of like egg placenta chrysalis idea. It's not that when we release a card, A, that we have any control over the releasing. It's not like it's like, oh, well, I'm throwing Queen of Pentacles in the garbage can. I'm done. It's released. That's not even really how we release things anyway. Releasing happens over time. It's really about clearing out what served so that we can walk forward embodying the energy that we've been working with. We're releasing queen of pentacles because we are complete in some ways. Um, we are nearing a completion with integration of the idea of queen of pentacles. Queen of pentacles is the body caretaker. It is the piece that helps to remind us that we have a body that deserves nurturing and attention. And it is also a root card because it has to do with us getting our butt back on land in a big way. So releasing the card doesn't mean like, oh, we're not going to be out on land. We're not rooting down. We're not doing any of this. It means that we have queen of pentacles already embodied in us. Every one of us, we know what to do. Now it's about doing it. And the world really corroborates this. The world is ruled by Saturn. Saturn is the lesson, the taskmaster, the thing that really, um, I've heard a couple of astrologers say this. I know I've heard Jessica Lanyato say it, I'm paraphrasing, but like the, the, the planet that feels like the biggest asshole taskmaster, but is actually keeping you honest about what you promised to come here to do. It's actually helping you to live the best life you can. So the idea that we're complete 
that our lessons are complete with Queen of Pentacles doesn't mean we won't pull this card again. And it also doesn't mean that we're not, that we're like technically done with it. It just means that we have in, we've, we've had an intake of everything that this card wants to fulfill us with. Now it's just about taking it and actually utilizing it. It's here. Now we can live in alignment with it. We don't need to lean on anybody to let us know what to do. It doesn't mean we don't need support and reminders, but we know what to do. Imagine if we just did it. Imagine if we just took care of ourselves. If we lived in right relationship, a lot of the time when we're connected with our own roots, the right resources, the right information, the right support, it comes through. It really does. So that's important to keep in mind too. So we're releasing Queen of Pentacles because we are of Queen of Pentacles now. It doesn't mean that we're letting go of it. It means that we're walking forward with it. And that it has to do with clearing out a cycle where we felt separate from that. Now we get to live with that in alignment with us all the time. The seeds we're planting and our next cycle is King of Cups. So King of Cups is of service. This is a being that is of help. It's here to help. Um, there is going to be a lot of that coming forward where we're going to be called upon to help, to serve in new ways. That's why this time of internal transformation is extremely important, very important in order for us to hold and to be of service in a way that can be renewed and refreshed and even more spacious than we have been in a way that doesn't exhaust us because King of Cups is exactly who you would want to call in for that. King of Cups knows how to hold space for others while they hold space for themselves. There is a both and here, which is really lovely. Um, we're also planting seeds for this because again, July, even if we're serving, supporting, healing, holding in July, July is still the time to plant seeds for that support and that that both and holding to be even more supportive. And that is a big part of what we're doing by walking forward with everything that Queen of Pentacles has taught us in order to look at all these root issues, you know. Um, another thing about releasing Queen of Pentacles, not to go back to that, but if we're actively in study with Queen of Pentacles, we're not doing actually a lot of investigative root work. It's really more about healing the root. This month is really about identifying where the roots are, what they're attached to, what our relationship is with them, and how we can reclaim in order to rise up in a way that has not been, that some of us may have never even considered before. So, um, a lot of the time queen of pentacles is like nourish the roots, love the roots. And of course nourish and love them, but we've got that. We've, we have the, um, ability to do that. We know how to do that. Even if we aren't aware of it, we do actually know what to do. Um, and for some of us who don't know what to do, the information will be, it'll, it will be available to us if we ask for it. But this is really about understanding doing all this root work that we've been talking about so that we can step forward into King of Cups so that we actually can hold what comes forward. The teacher of the month is Seven of Cups. So dare yourself to simply daydream this month. All that we're talking about here, this is not, again, I want to be very careful about what I say, not because I don't want to warn anyone or activate anyone, but because not everything is the same for everybody. You know, 
in the words of Jill Scott, everything ain't for everybody. And not every invitation is going to be experienced in quite the same way for every person in this. So what is important with Seven of Cups is Seven of Cups is an amazing ride if you understand that you're not meant to hold on to any of it if it can come through and go out the other side, so to speak. Um, Seven of Cups is about dreaming. It's about imagining. It's about flirting with all the possibilities of life. So if you're moving, this might not necessarily be a time to decide on where you're going. It might be a time to like kind of flirt around and see like what feels good, what doesn't. It's really a time if you can to just chill and do your work and see what comes up and see how you respond to it and continue to be invited into root work so that you can replant yourself. Non-attachment. This card is not really about, it's about many different options that the brain tends to want to be like, oh my God, we should pick one. We should figure it out. Really none of them are appropriate to pick in the moment that you get seven of cups. It's really a time for us to think about what feels kind of good. And this is a really important card for everyone to receive this month because it's teaching us how to just be rather than how to, rather than the kind of old paradigms of like attachment, I'm going to work, I'm going to get this thing. It's beautiful to have goals. But again, I hope that I've put this, um, I've hope that I've said this enough times that you don't, you don't really want to do too, too much in this month. Like if you're doing a lot, you're launching a lot, like you are supported because it's happening to you. And because reality is the purest form of God, you know, like if it's happening, there's no arguing with it, um, whether we like it or not. So if you are launching something, expanding, exploding, this is great. So don't think like, oh my God, Lindsay told me not to do anything. No, 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 no. But if you are presented with a, bun- with a bunch of different kind of formless options and kind of floating around, this is good news. So don't try to make anything happen right now. Just go with the flow. And if things start to materialize and if there are very clear directives, then go for it. But Seven of Cups is actually the way to make it through this Mercury retrograde in Leo um, with a lot of ease and grace. Like we, it, if you're not attaching it's no big thing. Just let things come, let things go. Um, don't attach. And what wants you will, will find you in a way that is, um, at exactly the right time. But it's not just me advising you not to do anything. Look at the astrology in eclipse season with a retrograde. This is a time to chill out. This is a time to do the inner work. And most importantly, to allow the inner work to unfold in you because we don't have to do everything all the time. The invitation is there. We just have to observe it, see it. It's not an accident that we have two um, majors in what we're being invited to pay attention to and the medicine. These are energies, major arcana that happen to us. These are ocean waves. These are winds. These are, it's weather, it's seasons. We don't control them. So we let them be. And especially with something as important as emperor, really the root system and the, and the birth of the self in the deck and magician, how we relate to the self and the connection between self and spirit. It's all really important. And the opportunities are very, very big. 
So um, I recommend that you be as willing to experience these things as you can be in as much support and as much um, loveliness as you can because it's going to get real this month. So just know that you're not alone in it. And uh, I think that's it. (laughs) Almost one hour and 15 minutes later. Um, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who listens to this. Um, if you like it, please share it. And if you like what you've heard, um, I mentioned this on the outro cause we have intros and outros to the podcast now finally got on board with that one. Um, this is also mentioned in the outro, but if you like monthly medicine, um, please share it. And, um, if you think it could serve somebody and, um, this is a completely freely offered podcast. Um, and so the way that if you love what you're experiencing, um, a really nice way to, um, exchange and to give thanks is to subscribe to us on iTunes and to give us a five-star rating. You don't have to write anything, but the stars help. They help people to find us. They help us to chart a little higher so that other people can experience it. Um, It actually really makes a huge difference. So um, if you feel so inclined to do that, that's great. And honestly, this shit is freely offered. So if you don't want to do it, that's cool too. I'm just always going to ask because why not? I hope you take beautiful care of yourselves. You're not going to hear another episode from me until August 1, um, but you can stay up to date with me on my newsletter, on my um, Instagram. But honestly, I'm going to be taking a little bit of my own advice here and I'm kind of just floating around this month um, preparing to share new things for the fall. So if you don't hear a lot from me, it's hopefully because I'm like reading on a beach somewhere, TBH. Mm, won't be able to do that every day (laughs) but hopefully um i'm wishing all of you an absolutely beautiful july be good to yourselves be kind to yourselves and thank you so much for listening thank you so much for listening to tarot for the wild soul this podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger, and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.